Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Heal and Awaken podcast. I am here once again with Dr. Paul Douglas, Academic Dean of New World Ayurveda, the founder of Heart-Based Meditation and author of several beautiful books on consciousness, health, and wellness, all available on Amazon. I am delighted to welcome Dr. Douglas back to this podcast series, season three, uh, known as Conversations with Dr. Paul Douglas. So Paul Douglas, welcome. Thank you so much, Aparna. It's great to be back. So um, one of the things I just remembered is that we met around the topic of food and nutrition. <laughs> that we did. Many, many, many years ago in Ann Arbor. And uh, it is so amazing to talk about nutrition and consciousness because we, when we met, we was to teach cooking classes together. And here we are doing a podcast. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And it's a wonderful topic uh, because most people don't really consider the topic of food when it comes to things that are non-material. And so focusing on consciousness, focusing on spirituality, it does become important for us to also be looking at the body and looking at nutrition and food. Yes, thank you so much. So um, I think it would be nice to just be basic to start with. So what does the body need? What, is, what are some of the things that the body needs in terms of nutrition? And I don't mean protein versus carbs. I mean, you know. So one of the things that we learn when we're studying Ayurveda is that food is a vehicle for energy. It's a vehicle for consciousness. It's a vehicle for vibration. And it's also the source of our liveliness. It aids our life force. And so one of the things that the body needs is fresh, lively food. And ideally uh, prepared by someone who carries a very high vibration. In many of the retreats that I've done, meditation type of retreats, the first thing that the uh, teacher or organizer of the retreat looks to is who's doing the cooking, as that has a huge impact. So ultimately, with food, our tendency is to look at it in terms of building blocks, in terms of protein and calories and vitamins and minerals. And while certainly that has a, a, an importance, it's very hard not to get enough protein, for example. You have to go out of your way um, and maybe eat just a salad diet in order to get not enough protein. What is missing though, is the understanding that the body needs the life force, the liveliness of the food, that, that we need things to be fresh and freshly prepared. And the body also needs, in terms of nourishment, that sense of enjoyment. That 
in order to really feel nourished and nurtured, we need to be enjoying the food that we take in. And that's another thing that seems to be very much missed in a lot of the Western approaches to diet and to food. So as you know, I was born and raised in India and we grew everything. Most all of the vegetables we ate, we grew in our backyard. And one of my earliest memories when I was maybe six years old was my mom would say, go bring cilantro from the garden, pluck a bunch of cilantro and bring it back or chilies or whatever it was. And that kind of quality of eating and the, the time that she takes and took to prepare food in that way, the taste of it is just so fundamentally different from a restaurant meal. And do we, how badly or how much do we have a need for this kind of vibrational quality? Because I think most people are not even aware of this thing called vibration in the food. Yeah, I don't think most people are. And it is unfortunate. Um, this aspect of liveliness is rather important when we're looking at two things. The first is healthy longevity. And the second is the development of consciousness. And so while you can subsist, we want to get past just the minimum requirements for subsistence. We really want to look at thriving. We really want to look at having bold energy. We really want to look at being in a state of excitement and enthusiasm and vibrancy when it comes to life, in spite of whatever challenges may be present. And for that, we need a high vibrational, high energy type of diet. And that, again, is not a reflection of calories. That's a reflection of life force and the consciousness with which food is prepared. So I get the part about how food is prepared influences our the consciousness of the person eating. But does the actual food itself help us to develop consciousness because it's so pure and fresh? Yes, it's something that the ancient sage physicians understood that the body, there are certain elements of the body that work as we could say transducers of high vibration and ways of communicating that high vibration to the physical body and to giving the body liveliness. And that substance that acts like a crystal that transduces the vibrations is called odras in the Ayurvedic system. And so it is responsible for taking high vibrational frequencies and, and 
making it usable by the body in order to create greater liveliness. And the reality is the greater liveliness we have, the more energy we can conduct. So it, so it works actually in two ways. So it works to be able to give the body liveliness and then that lively body works and the ojas works in order for us to connect with higher vibrations of consciousness more readily. Okay. Now that may be very abstract, <laughs> but what we wanna think about is that most of life is energetic. Even though we are very much involved in the physical world, most of our experience has to do with the energy that we experience and the emotional response and the feel of an environment. And again, the feel of food. And the higher vibration we want to hold, the more we want to align with the bliss and love that resides deep within us, the higher the vibrational food and the purer the food needs to be. So when you say high vibrational food, you're not necessarily referring to raw food, are you? Not necessarily. Now, some, certainly raw food has that potential to be carrying lots of, uh, lots of prana. Um, the lots of energy, lots of, of vibration, but it's also hard to break down. And over months, we'll tend to get even more difficult. Um, really raw, really rough food in large quantities can affect our processing ability. Can in, in the Ayurveda concept, it's this concept of, um, of agony or digestion is like a fire. Um, so if we put this raw, wet fuel on a fire, over time it can put the fire out. And, and that's why, while some raw food is good, uh, doing just a diet of raw food over time can weaken our digestion. So more important than the rawness of it is the freshness of it and how it's prepared. So this is why I, I usually encourage students and patients to avoid sale food 
because usually food that's on sale, the the grocery store is trying to get rid of. They're trying to move. It's getting close to its expiration. I mean, rarely that's not the case, but you really need to be cautious and trying to um, trying to work with buying food on sale. For a second there, I thought I heard you say sale, but I know we're going to get to that too. <laughs> Can you talk about that too, please? Stale foods, why is it that not good for us? The life force is pretty much gone uh, with stale foods. And it, it's their ability to communicate liveliness to the physical vehicle is, is really hampered. And, and that's why taking things that are stale and old are, are not as good. Now, understand, I don't, it, it, I don't want your listeners to feel like they're doing something wrong. What we're going for is what's ideal. And so it's good to know what is the impact of eating certain types of diet, eating old food, eating stale food, eating sale food, and, and know what the ideal would be. And particularly as we care more about our experience, then we can start to have a direction in which to head. So if I want to create more of this high vibrational life, if I want to create more of the experience of the bliss of being, if I want to create more connection to the love that fuels this life, then I will start to put more emphasis on what are the things that will hold that vibration. And food that is of a high vibration, that is fresh, that is prepared, um, that is something that can play a contributing factor that many people don't consider. So one of the things that I remember from being in India is that the the, the moms or the grandmothers would not even enter the kitchen unless they first showered. There was such a reverence for the place, for the, of the, the agni, you know, the heart of the home, that you wouldn't even go in there to cook anything unless you've already showered and maybe do a couple of different pujas or rituals. And we never ate leftovers, ever. I don't remember ever eating something that was prepared the day before. Wow. Yeah. Here, I'm noticing, I have noticed for many, many years that people sort of talk about how good the leftovers are. And I have explained to my clients many times that it may look good and smell good and even taste good but our ability to digest it would be not the same as when it was actually freshly prepared. 
So if you can explain more about this concept of Agni, I think it would be very helpful because uh, there are so many dietary fads, all these superfoods and supplements and kale salads and juices and all these things. But I, I notice nobody really talks about our ability to digest any of this, our, our digestive fire. And I think that's one of the most amazing aspects of Ayurveda is this quality or this concept of digestive fire and how each of us has a different type of fire and the different ways to either reduce a raging fire or strengthen a weak one. So if you can speak about that, please. Yeah, I think the first thing that we need to understand is that most people, when you ask them how their digestion is, they talk about their elimination. And there's a, a very well-defined distinction between digestion and elimination in the Ayurvedic approach. And, and actually, technically speaking, even in the Western approach. When we're talking about digestion, really think about enzymes that are that are allowing us to to break down food get the energy out of it use the food as building blocks to build new tissue and not so much of a focus on the waste so our ability to break down food to assimilate it to metabolize it to be utilizing it is obviously key and it's sort of fascinating that there is this expression in Ayurveda that talks about if your digestion is strong enough, you can even digest rocks. And so, so much emphasis is on the quality of the food and it's important but if you're not attending to your digestion and your ability to assimilate it you can spend all kinds of time and food i'm sorry you can spend all kinds of time and money on food and have it just go to waste and when we realize that, and we realize that there's something that we can do to improve our capacity, our ability to break things down, then all of a sudden we have a different approach to diet, food, and nutrition. And this is something Area, this is an area that's really exciting, particularly when it comes to people who have food intolerances. They can't take milk, they can't take wheat, they can't take certain grains, they can't take certain vegetables. A lot of the food intolerances is a result of this digestive fire becoming weak. And the exciting thing is that most of the time, that's reversible. As we attend to digestion, then we're able to reverse that 
um, condition and free the person up to have more variety in the diet. What that does also is allow them to have access to greater energy as we're able to digest better, as we're not reacting to foods, then we have more vibrancy, we have more energy, and we can transform that into the higher vibration, into the, into the blissfulness that we seek to be our normal daily experience. So along the lines of digestion, I would like to know if you would make a connection between digestion and our immunity. Oh, definitely, definitely. And this is, this is where actually a lot of allopathic research is starting to recognize that um, actually the largest part of the immune system is the gut-associated lymphoid tissue, which um, is called GALT. Um, and it makes up that in its associated um, tissue, makes up the largest portion of our immune system and has been pretty much ignored. What it's up to is obviously there's some permeability in the intestines. That's how we absorb things. And we need to be able to, to recognize when something is in the, has been absorbed that is not food that's a virus or a bacteria or something of that nature. And so we have all these, um, this whole immune system constantly monitoring what we're eating. And if we overwhelm digestion and we can't break down the food, then the body has to do something with it and it can become an autotoxin. It can be some, become something that the body is, is trying to break down and that stimulates the immune system. The immune system gets bogged down then with trying to work with all the food that we've not been able to digest. And, and as a result, it can't do its job as efficiently. The other thing that happens is that we start to react to things that we shouldn't. And so we get a background of inflammation in the body as it is reacting to the food that we've taken in. And that inflammation is something that is a setup for many, many different disease processes, including atherosclerosis. 
So there's the gut is going to be sort of the new frontier in medicine as we realize that many diseases are actually actually have their origin in the gut and the gut associated immune system tissue. Everything from depression to Parkinson's disease to autoimmune diseases like Crohn's disease, we're beginning to realize has a connection to the gut flora and to the bacteria that reside in the gut. The microbiome, the normal uh, bacteria population that exists within the gut. So it's not as simple as just eating something, standing in front of your sink or your refrigerator and just filling up the body with fuel so you can perform yet another day and then drink some coffee at two o'clock and then eat some kind of a terrible dinner in front of the television at nine o'clock and go to sleep and do it all over again tomorrow. Not if you want great health, great digestion, great immunity, and of course, this vitality. Exactly. So what are some simple ways that our listeners can begin to make even if it's a small shift, what are two things that you might recommend? To make a small shift in digestion or a small shift in the vitality? Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> with digestion, one of the things to recognize is that, um, that we are working with digestive enzymes and that they have an optimal temperature and that optimal temperature is body temperature or slightly higher. And so when we take cold foods, when we take cold drinks or at our typical restaurant start to drink the cold water, we're going to decrease the efficiency. In fact, one of my professors said for every degree centigrade that you decrease the temperature in the stomach, you hamper the digestive enzymes by 5%. I need to have my son listen to this. <laughs> so the first thing that I would suggest is that people um, be very careful about taking cold and raw um, and particularly ice cold foods, foods right out of the refrigerator and, and water and drinks. The second, in terms of, of protecting and um, enhancing our abilities to digest is for us to be looking at, again, taking foods that are freshly cooked and that we enjoy. It's really important that we enjoy the food that we eat. 
one way to turn digestion off is to take something that old that we're just taking to fuel up that we don't really enjoy all that much. So this would be a couple of suggestions in terms of that, um, in, in terms of improving, uh, improving our capacity, our ability to digest. I mean, there are many more things that we could go into, um, but I think more importantly is for us to understand that we are, we're eating to live, not living to eat and to be creating that, that liveliness, that, that vibrancy. And, and food that is, that is lively and, and that has that freshness and that is prepared by a loving and spiritual cook that can really uplift our liveliness. I think the other thing that really is important in all of this though, in terms of vitality is for us to allow ourselves to follow our hearts, to really love what we're doing. I think that's the key to vitality. A lot of the lack of vitality that we see is because people are not doing what they love to do. I fully agree. I think that the moment we find, and I love cooking so much. I don't even mind all the work and the cleanup. I just, love cooking and I love watching people eat my food. <laughs> so um, can you tell us about the New World Ayurveda program that involves cooking classes and studying nutrition, please? So with New World Ayurveda, there are several, um, several different courses and different levels. Uh, we give a six-week introduction to Ayurveda where we talk about the importance of digestion and some of these principles. It's called the Foundations of Ayurveda, and you can find that description on our website at newworldayurveda.com. In our one-year training, we go into depth as to... Uh, what impacts digestion and how to improve it. We go into depth as to the uh, ways in which we can enjoy preparing food and many of the approaches to create balance through, through diet. And we have an intensive on Ayurvedic nutrition and cooking, which is really more of an eating class. Because you would need to understand the impact of all of these principles on, in your own physiology, from your own awareness of your own body. That is how, that's the approach that we take in learning, is cultivating awareness and so even when it comes to food, awareness is crucial. And that's why we emphasize so much meditation and the development of consciousness. Which would be heart-based meditation. 
And the next initiation is in February, starting the 11th, I believe. No, it's February 15th. 15th, yeah. So, um, yeah, all the links for the meditation, the Ayurveda school, and the Amazon books will be in the show notes. So don't worry. You can just click in the show notes and you'll find everything. And... Uh, and if people are really interested, there's a book that we use in the class called Enlightened Nutrition that really gives us this, um, this Ayurvedic approach, the principles. And the author of this book is... <laughs> I have no idea. For those of you who didn't know. So... Yes, so if you're, if you're just becoming curious about Ayurveda, you can, I would pretty much say, invest in all of his books. And then once your curiosity is strengthened, you can start taking his courses. And I recently saw the photos from the uh, intensive, and certainly my mouth was watering. <laughs> so... Um, Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Douglas, and for sharing your beautiful wisdom, knowledge with all of our listeners. And we will be back with another episode. We don't know what's the topic yet, but we'll come up with something good. You know that. And so thank you all for listening to the Heal and Awaken podcast. Please subscribe, please share, please spread the word. Um, this beautiful knowledge is it's universal for all of us, regardless of culture or habits or lifestyle. It's, it's really for everyone. It's timeless. And, and we want everyone to benefit. And the best way to benefit is to become the embodiment of beauty and grace and consciousness, whether it's through food or learning about chakras or meditation or all of it and we have i believe this is our ninth or tenth episode so please have a listen to all the others and we have some other plans with dr douglas for more learning more exploring and uh, more inspiration thank you so very much so from Hearing about you at the Zingerman's cooking class in Ann Arbor to now talking about this and sharing this with the whole world is a, feels like a very beautiful full circle as yeah. the circle becomes bigger. <laughs> yes, it's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Douglas. Thank you, everyone.